You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hey, everybody. You are listening to episode 212 of the Blended Family Podcast. And I want to talk to you guys today a little bit about mindset because mindset is really everything. And the way that we think about things really, really matters. And I always talk to you guys about shifting perspective, right? And so today is just another show about that. And my husband and I had a really bad situation this weekend. I mean, it was definitely not the worst of all the situations that we come across, but we went to see a show on Friday night and we went to go see Les Mis. And we haven't been out in a while because you guys know we've been working nonstop. And so we had an opportunity to go see the show and we were really excited about it. Well, somehow during that show, we seemed to have misplaced our keys and we were about an hour, a little bit and over an hour away from home. And we got out of the show at midnight, noticed we didn't have our keys, frantically looked all over downtown Orlando, which is like a little city, trying to back step and figure out where our keys were and we couldn't find them. And so it was very frustrating. We had to take an Uber home at midnight, which cost us, you know, $120. And then we only have the one car right now. And so the next day I had to figure out how to get a ride back up to Orlando and find the keys, which by the way, turned out to be at the very first place we looked, which was at the theater where we thought we lost them. And we even gave them our phone number, but somehow They never called us, but anyway, very, very frustrating situation. And especially when we don't ever get a chance to go out and our night could have been ruined. And previously, the way we would have reacted to a situation like that, we would have ruined our weekend, would have caused us to get into a fight, right? Because we didn't know who lost the keys, who was responsible. And it's easy to play the blame game. And it's easy to let those negative thoughts creep in and then thereby ruin whatever time left that you have. And so what Sean and I have been really doing a lot lately is really being very careful to monitor our mindset, to monitor our thoughts, because we know that when we let the negative thoughts creep in, the whole situation can go really, really badly. So we stayed positive the whole time. And I think it's because of that, that not only did we not fight, we ended up going home, spending some time together. We ended up not ruining our weekend. We ended up finding our keys. Yes, we're out a little bit of money and yes, it was frustrating, but we didn't have to let that keep us down. And the same can be true of mostly everything that you go through in your blended family. It's easy to let all of the stress and all of the problems and issues really hold you and your partner down and keep it from you experiencing some positive things in your life. And so I want to talk to you about that today. Thoughts, our thoughts are the most powerful thing that we have. And it really, it's the only thing in our life that we do have control over is our thoughts and how we perceive the situations around us and what we do about it. And a lot of people don't realize that you really can control your own thoughts. We are the ones in control and we forget that. And we sometimes step aside and we allow the world to control us and we allow things to happen to us. 
instead of for us. And the way that we look at things in a positive way is we can just change our mind about it. And I know that certain situations are really difficult for you. And so you might say, well, how do you expect me to look at a certain situation in a positive light? And I'm not telling you that you have to do that. And I'm not telling you that every situation is the same. I know some of you are struggling with some really, really bad stuff right now. And I get it. But you always want to be thinking, how can I look at this situation as something that is happening for me and not to me? Or how can I allow this situation to help me learn something in this experience? How can I let it help me grow? And so today we're going to answer some some listener questions. I haven't done any Q&A in a while, so we'll take some listener questions and I'm going to show you how in each one of these, you can kind of shift your perception a little bit, maybe shift your thoughts so that maybe the situation doesn't seem as bleak. So we'll be talking about some different things today. All right, so let's get right to it. Let's get to the first question. I've actually got these separated into categories. The first one is actually a money question. And we know that money or finances are one of the biggest stressors in our lives, especially with blended families, because money can be a constant source of stress because we don't know if we're going to have enough, right? In a blended family, everything costs so much money. There's so many people to be responsible for. So this person, this um, actually all of these questions came into my emails. And this question is from my listener, Mary. And she says, I'm very frustrated right now about money in my home. I feel like it's a constant source of stress for my husband and I. We fight over bills. We fight over food shopping. And most of all, we fight over the kids' expenses, We both make money, but we can never seem to agree on how to spend it wisely. The kids are constantly asking for things, and my husband never says no, whereas I will say no to the kids if we can't afford something. We just can't seem to get on the same page, and the whole topic of money almost instantly starts an argument. How do we stop fighting over money and start enjoying life again? Okay, so this is a really good question, a question that I get all the time. And a question that I deal with in our finance business as well, people are always fighting over money and people are always stressed over money. We meet with people all the time and this is what we get. And so I actually just did a presentation the other night for that business and I was talking about money mindset to the people that were there because your money mindset is really so conditioned into us. We are just conditioned from the time we're young to just think that money is going to be stressful. And a lot of that sadly comes from our parents who were also stressed about money. And a lot of our parents didn't really know they didn't have the right money mindset, right? I never learned about money from my parents. And so it was always a source of fear for me until I really found the business that we're doing now. I was always scared about money. And to prove to you how easily these things get ingrained into our brains, I'm going to just say a few phrases for you guys and and you're going to know how to finish those phrases, I promise. And it's just going to prove to you that we learn things that aren't really ours, right? So money doesn't grow on what? Trees, right? What about money is the root of all blank? What is it? Money is the root of all evil. 
right? What else? Uh, let's see. Mo money, mo problems. What are all of these phrases? Where do they come from? And why? We wonder why, I should say, that we have such a negative viewpoint on money when these are the things that we've heard growing up our whole life. So it's just been ingrained into us. But I want you to know that money is not really good or bad. It's just energy. It's only good or bad because of what we think about it. So if we keep having those negative connotations towards money, money's always going to feel like a stress to us. But what if we were able to replace some of those things and start using some positive affirmations about money? Like money flows to me easily. Where this is really interesting, I used to pass by, if I'd be walking and I'd see a penny on the ground, I would just pass it by. I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to stop and pick up a penny, right? But when we do things like that, we're actually pushing money away from us because we're kind of telling the universe that it's really not that important, right? So I don't care if it's a penny, a dime, or a $100 bill, right? Because if you saw a $100 bill on the ground, you would definitely stop and pick that up, but money is money. And so you definitely, we started to pick up even the pennies that we see because we definitely want to put out into the universe that money is abundant and it comes to us easily and we're not going to pass it by. So that's just one thing. I want you guys to start thinking about what are the thoughts and the feelings that you have about money and how can you change that? And in the little things all day long, it's like, even the thought of the holidays coming or the, the thought of a conversation about finance, does that instantly put fear into you? Because if it does, then you just need to work on your money mindset and understand that money can flow to you and that you don't need to be stressed out about it. One of the people that we talk about a lot in our business is Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know if you guys know him. If not, you should definitely follow him. But when he was a kid growing up in their house, they never said, we can't afford that. They always changed that statement to, how can we afford that? And that really is powerful, right? Because automatically, if you say we can't afford that, you're just telling yourself, that's it. It's end of story. We're not going to have that thing. But if you say, how can we afford it? Your mind and your brain instantly goes to work at finding a solution for you to make things so that you can afford it. And so I think that that's really, really important. So you definitely want to work on your money mindset. I think that that's going to be huge. And then um, also budgeting. You guys need a budget. So instead of having to ever argue about money, if you had a simple budget, you wouldn't need to because you would know every week, okay, this is this is how much money is getting allotted towards you know, recreation or towards food shopping or towards bills or towards savings. And you need to do that. And then you need to be on the same page as your spouse so that you don't argue about it so that it's just a given. You automatically know what percentage of the money every week is going to go into which category. And then there won't need to be an argument. But you also want to start opening up conversations about money in your relationship. Most of us just shy away from that conversation because it can cause an argument or because it's uncomfortable. But the more we ignore it, well, the problem doesn't get better, does it? It just kind of gets worse and it kind of snowballs. So make sure you start opening up the conversations 
about money so that you can enjoy your life again, like you said. So I hope that that helps. And if you guys ever need more information on finances or how to get your money straight in your home or how we can help you there, definitely just set up an appointment with me. Our financial coaching is always free to you. Our services are free there. So that would be blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule. So that's where you're going to go and set up your free uh, hour appointment, actually, and actually as much time as you really need. We don't put a time limit on those things. So I hope that uh, helps your your question. And I, I really do. I challenge all of you guys to start trying to shift your your money mindset. It really makes a huge difference. Okay, the next question is a question about stepchildren. So this person, uh, actually this one, this question was actually from the Facebook group. And if you want to be part of our Facebook group where we are opening up some deep conversations and really offering very non-judgmental support, just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group and you will be able to join there for free. So this question says, not sure how to proceed with something I found last night. Background, I live with my husband and his two kids, stepson 13 and stepdaughter 10. Stepson is very content and great with me. Stepdaughter has been very difficult with me and the whole situation. High conflict bio mom tells her stuff she should know and therefore or maybe that should be she should not know, and therefore has caused stepdaughter to become worse. High-conflict bio mom and stepdaughter are manipulative, and they treat me terribly. My husband is an amazing dad and does everything for his kids. He always did, even in prior marriage with high-conflict bio mom. We have them 50-50 also. My husband has extreme guilt for the kids because of the divorce. Moving to yesterday, I saw a text from stepdaughter to her bio mom saying she hates me, her stepmom, and doesn't want to stay at dad's anymore. She said he doesn't care about her and only mom does. Nothing could be further from the truth. He's an amazing, he is amazing and kills himself keeping them happy. Bio mom also feeds into her fake injuries and buys her splints, braces, wraps to wear to school. We try not to feed into that, which is where I think it is coming from. She also is great at putting both bio parents against one another, but honestly, I am sick to my stomach after seeing those terrible texts and I want to show my husband, but I also don't want him to be hurt from it either because I know it will destroy him. No clue what to do. And this also makes me not want to do another thing for that child again. I take her places, buy her things, help her with projects, and now I get this. Also, never once from three years has she said thank you, so I'm becoming very resentful. Okay, so this is a really good question, and this is actually so common. I see this all the time, not just in the group. I get emails about this, and I'm spoken to about this in some of my coaching sessions. And it's really, really, really difficult because the first thing that you're going to do is take it personal, which is always my advice and what not to do. But that's that's easy to give advice to not take something personal, but much harder to actually do it right? But don't take it personal because this isn't really about you, even though I know this very much seems about you as a step parent. But it's also very easy to be upset at the kids. Now, this child is just, what did we say here? 10 years old. So at 10 years old, actually at any age, really, children are very, let's see, impressionable, 
or easily persuaded from their parents, especially at 10, especially a daughter and her mother, she's going to want to just do and say whatever it is that she thinks her mother wants to hear at this point. And because you said it's a high conflict bio mom, I already know what this mom wants to hear. She wants to hear bad things about you. And even if she's saying that or not saying that to her child, her child just knows that. Her child knows that that's what the mom is going to want to hear. And it's also the mother's reaction to the child, right? Whatever that child goes to her mom and says, her mom's going to react a certain way, whether it's body language, her tone of voice, or the questions and her responses back to that child is going to tell that child what the mother wants to hear. And so the mother is actually causing this whole situation. And I know it's so easy to get mad at the kid and say, you know, the kid should know better. And yeah, in certain ways, the kid should. And But you've got to understand that right now that that is her mother and she's going to have a certain loyalty to her. And this is also very, very confusing. And you did also say that the mother feeds into things with her and that you don't know what she's saying to that child really about you when she's over there. And so this situation is going to be really hard for you to fight against. And I know that you're becoming resentful and that's normal. So do not feel guilty or shameful for feeling that way. I can understand exactly why you feel resentful. Anybody would, but the resentful feelings can actually cause more damage here because you're not going to be able to hide that. The child's going to feel the resentful feelings coming from you. And very naturally, that's just going to tell the child, you know what? My mom is right about my stepmom. She's right because she's going to feel it from you. She's going to feel maybe that you don't like her. You're going to start to feel angry. So this is a tough situation. And I can't tell you not to have those feelings. But what I'm going to suggest you do is to try to not show those feelings towards the child right now, because it's just not going to help at all. And what's going to be really, really difficult, what I'm going to ask you to do is to show love to that child. Almost in a sense, it's it's not that you have to be fake or go overboard, but you're almost going to have to show her a little bit more love than you normally would, because you're going to be fighting against what bio mom is doing to you, if that makes sense. So I know that it's hard, but I promise if you just keep being you and keep doing the right thing and keep showing her love, what eventually will happen is she's going to start to think in her mind, okay, I know what my mom is saying and I know what this looks like, but I'm getting a different feeling. I'm getting a feeling that my stepmom really loves me. And now I'm starting to feel that my bio mom isn't being honest. And then she's going to really start to see the truth in the situation. It might take her a little bit of time, but it's going to take her longer if you start to get resentful, if that makes sense. So I know that that's very difficult, but she is only 10. She is going to come around. You've got to give it time. She will see the truth. But what I want to help you do here, because this is a shifting mindset show, is maybe just help you shift your mindset there about it and almost feel sorry for the child in a way, 
because just think about what it must feel like for her is that she loves her dad so much and she probably really wants to love you, but she doesn't feel like she's allowed. And it must be so confusing for that child to feel that way. And so I just want you to try to look at it in that light. And every time you get frustrated, just say, boy, but I feel sorry for her, what it must be like to be in her mind right now. And to make it a little easier for her by being loving towards her so that she can come to the decision she needs to come to quicker without being even more confused. So I hope that that really helps you. I know that's a difficult situation. And I think we've all, as step parents, been in that situation a little bit sometimes where we feel that we're being spoken about in an unfair way. It's happened to me too. And I got through it. I got through it, but I did it in the way that I'm telling you to do it, which is by not taking it personal and loving that child through whatever it is that's going on. All right. The next question is a question about relationships. So this person, this came to my email and uh, it's from a man and he says, and I'm not saying his name, he wants to be anonymous, but he says, I'm writing because I'm not sure how to help my wife. We've been married for two years. She has no bio kids. I have three kids, ages 15, 13, and nine. When we first married, things seemed great. After the first year, my kids moved in full time, and that's when I noticed a change. She seems miserable most days. My kids and her seem to get along okay, but still she doesn't seem happy with them. I feel torn because I love my kids, but I also want my wife to be happy. I've tried to talk to her about it, but she just tells me she's fine. I also noticed she's been separating herself from the rest of us. I'm really close with my children and I don't want to have to choose. How do I make my wife happy? Okay. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that uh, when your wife tells you she's fine, <laughs> she's probably not fine, right? I, I, I'm sure most women would vouch for the fact that uh, whenever our husbands ask us what's wrong and we say, nothing, everything's fine that it's just not fine, right? We're probably hiding our feelings a little bit. And sometimes we spare our feelings because we don't want to, you know, rock the boat. We don't want to upset our husband. So that might be going on here. I don't, I definitely don't think that she's fine. And you know that she's not fine. That's why you're writing to me. And that's why you've been trying to talk to her about it. And I want you to know from a stepmom standpoint, I'm telling you that stepmothers have probably the most challenging role in all of the blended family dynamic. I, I don't think it, I know it. I know it from research. I know it from experience. I know it from what I hear. And so she's definitely struggling. And you said that things were fine until the kids moved in. So I want you to be aware of what is going on around your house right now. Right. So instead of, I know you're, you're worried about you and your relationship with your kids, but you want to make your wife happy. What have you noticed? Cause you've noticed that she's not okay, but what other changes have you noticed around the house? So I'm just going to bring a few things to light here and I could be completely wrong. I don't know, but if it's after the kids moved in, is she feeling like her privacy is being invaded? Are the kids going through her things? Or is the house more messy than usual? Are the kids being very sloppy, disorganized? Are they leaving things around? Is that frustrating for her? Because if she's cleaning up after everybody's mess and nobody's chipping in, 
that could definitely be a source of frustration for her if, if her workload is more and nobody's helping her. Are the kids challenging her? Maybe they're not doing it in front of you, but maybe they're doing it when you're not around. Have you asked her how they get along when you're not around, how they're treating her, how they're respecting her? But most of all, how much time are you spending alone together? See, because if everything was great before the kids moved in and the kids moved in and maybe they're always around and the two of you aren't having any privacy or alone time, I can imagine that that would be very frustrating for her. So are you doing date night? Are you taking her out of the house sometimes? Because if you guys are home every single weekend and the kids are home, because maybe your 15-year-old is starting to go out a little bit more, but I'm sure the 9-year-old and the 13-year-old are probably home a little bit more. So if she's feeling like every weekend you're just there at the house with the kids and there's no time for the two of you, I can imagine that that's why she's not happy because a woman needs some of that. You guys need to be alone sometimes to connect. So how much intimacy are you having? Right? So those are the things that I would tell you to look at. You don't really go into it in your email. So I would tell you to check into all of those areas because if she is excluding herself from the family, it's for a reason. And maybe it's just a little too much for her. So you definitely want to look at why. And I'm sure it's not because she doesn't love the kids. So if there's something going on, it might just be about something that she's not getting. So, and then the next question I would ask you is, how are you communicating with her? Are you really trying to ask her what's wrong? Are you trying to ask her questions or are you just saying what's wrong, right? Because if you ask a woman what's wrong, she's not going to like really tell you. You got to get a little bit deeper there. So try to communicate with her on a deeper level. Ask her what she needs. Have you ever asked her just a simple question like, what do you need to be happy in this house? What can I do for you? Or what can the kids do for you to make you feel fulfilled here? So you definitely don't have to choose between your wife and your kids, but you need to find out what's really going on, just like you would want to with your kid. If your kid came home and they were upset, you'd want to get to the bottom of it. So you just need to get to the bottom of it also with your wife and find out what it is that she needs. And my guess is maybe she needs a little bit more quality time, a little more connection, and uh, maybe she might need some help around the house. I don't know. I don't know. But those are the things that I would tell you to check. So I hope that that is helpful. And then the very last question here that we're going to cover is a question about an ex. So I tried to pick a, a question from every, every source of a problem here. Um, and this one says, I need some advice. My, my husband's ex is constantly calling my stepkids when they're in our care. A little background. They've been divorced for three years and the kids are 10 and six. She was in a relationship, but recently broke it off and ever since has been really needy. When we have the kids for a weekend, she calls or texts a few times a day, and she'll keep them on the phone for 30 minutes each time. We could be in the middle of something, so it's really distracting. She also will tell them how much she misses them, and so sometimes they feel sad after speaking with her. I'm not sure why she's doing this, but it makes me feel like she wants the relationship back. Am I being crazy? What should I do? All right. I never think anybody's being crazy because your feelings are your feelings, but I do want to put this one in perspective for you and shift shift your mindset just a little bit because I don't think she wants the relationship back. I know 
why you feel that way. You feel like she's had a breakup. Now she's maybe calling the kids. She's trying to get back in there. But is she calling your husband? Is she calling him and staying on the phone with him for hours at a time? Or is it just the kids? Now, I know that that's frustrating. It is your weekend with the kids and you definitely are going to need to set some boundaries with her. But let's think of why this is happening because I don't think she wants the relationship back. Well, I think is that she is probably a little lonely right now. She ended a relationship. I don't know how many friends she has, but she was used to being with one person all the time, right? We all know what it feels like when you have a breakup. You're lonely. And so, yes, you should be going to your friends. And I don't know, maybe she doesn't have a lot of friends. I don't know. But it's natural to then go towards your children, right? Because you love them. It's that unconditional love and your children make you feel good. And so it's very likely, I'm trying to look, so the kids are 10 and six. Yeah. They're still at the age where, you know, they love their mom. They're not out as teenagers with friends anymore, right? Where they're like, mom and dad, get away. You're embarrassing me. The kids love her. And so she's getting that love from them and that fulfillment that she was getting from her partner. Now she's probably looking to the kids for it. I'm not saying that that's right, but what I'm saying is that's probably why the extra phone calls are happening. She's lonely, especially on your visitation time. That's when she's going to feel the most lonely. She's alone. And so she's. that's why I think this is happening. I don't think that she's trying to do anything else here. And you definitely don't say um, anything else is going on. And um, I'm just looking at your email right here. Uh and so, and you say they've been divorced for th- three years. So I don't know how it was before, but you don't say that it was terrible this whole time. And so it sounds like it's a new thing. So what I would do with her is I would just establish boundaries and I would let her know, hey, I totally get that you want to call the kid and probably you should have your husband do this, not you, but have him say, hey, I, I think it's great that you're wanting to contact the kids when they're in my care. Um, But we sometimes have plans and sometimes it could be a distraction. And sometimes they feel a little sad after they get off the phone with you. So if we can actually have a set time where we have the phone calls, that would be really great. So either in the morning when they wake up or when they first go to bed, or I'm sorry, not first go to bed, right before they go to bed would be maybe a good time for you to have those phone calls with them. And, and try to do that. And I don't know if the children have their own cell phones. They seem a little young for that, but some, some kids do. If they do have their own cell phone, then that would be a good way for them to just maybe be able to establish a texting-only rule during certain hours, and then this is the time that you're allowed to do a FaceTime or a phone call. So maybe that would help. And, you know, but just let's shift your mindset a little bit there and understand that, She's just probably lonely after her breakup, and this is probably a temporary thing, and I don't think at all that you have anything to worry about in your relationship unless she started calling your husband and asking him for advice and trying to keep him on the phone. That would be a little bit different. So I hope that I answered your question, and that's all the questions I have for today, but hopefully with all of that, I've shown you how to take a situation and just shift your mindset a little bit about it because it's very easy to get caught up in our negative 
patterns of thinking and our, our mind just goes there sometimes. So what I want you to do is when you notice you're starting to get into a negative pattern, I want you to try to replace your thought processes with something more positive because you really can't think something negative while you're thinking something positive. So as soon as that thought creeps in, I want you to change your mind about it because it's really that simple. It's just about changing your mind. You can change your mind even if you're tired and you're like, oh, I'm so tired and all you think about all day is how tired you are, you're going to feel tired. But what if you just said, I'm not tired, I feel amazing. And what if you said 10 times to yourself that hour how amazing you feel, you could actually change your mind and feel more amazing. I promise, just try it. Just try it and let me know if it works for you. And you can apply that to any situation, challenge, problem that you're having in your life. Even if you can't always shift it to a completely positive thing, you can start by making small positive shifts in your thinking so that you can start noticing or trying to become a more positive person all around. So I want to challenge you this week to start thinking more positively in your life and start challenging your own negative thinking patterns. And so I hope that that was helpful. If you have questions for me, you can always send them to melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Pay attention to your thoughts this week, you guys. Learn how to monitor the two-year-old child that is running around in your head, okay? Replace your negative thoughts with positive ones. Watch your life shift. I want to hear all about it this week. Let me know how you're doing. Join the Facebook group. Again, all of the links are always in the show notes for you for the Facebook group. If you want to have coaching with me, if you need some financial coaching, reach out. I love you guys. Have a great week. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.